again, everyone. Welcome to the Red and White Authority. I'm Art Regner. This is episode 194. And as always, the Red and White Authority is presented by Labatt Blue. It is the official Canadian beer of the Detroit Red Wings. Whether it's winter, spring, summer, or fall, you know the drill. When the day is over, it's always appropriate to sit back, relax with an ice-cold, frothy Labatt Blue. But we do ask that you drink our premium beer responsibly. With that said, let's bring in our guest. It is the Director of Player Development for the Detroit Red Wings. No stranger to this program, actually, although it might have been many years ago in Pittsburgh the last time we sat down and did a podcast together. Uh, but, of course, it's old number 11. Danny Cleary is joining us, or Daniel or Dan, but we're going to go by Dan today, right, Dan? That sounds great, Art. Sounds great. All right, all right, thank you. Thank you. I told you I wouldn't screw around, and right in the beginning here, I'm, yep. I'm kind of busting your chops a little bit. I, I apologize, but uh, let's um, get an overview right now. I know the draft is coming up, so we really wanted to do this podcast today to kind of get an overview of where the prospect pool stands before the draft, and uh, I'm uh, uh, curious, how would you characterize, I guess, the year of prospects? If you had to look at it as a whole, where do you think uh, the organization is at this point? Yeah, I think we're in a good spot to, you know, quite frankly. Um, you know, I, you know, we had a couple of young players uh, come into Grand Rapids at the end of the year. Um, you know, we got a couple of uh, European uh, prospects coming over to start their pro seasons. Um, you know, I think, you know, looking at our, looking at our guys, you know, we got, we got, uh, we got a bunch of kids in college. Um, you know, I'll be really interested to see, you know, it was good to see Marco come over and, and get some NHL experience. That was exciting for him and for us. Um, obviously Carter Mazur had a, you know, another great season in Denver, came over, you know, and, and had a, had a really strong showing in Grand Rapids and then, you know, went to the world. So even more great experience. So, um, it's great for Carter. Uh, Amadeus Lombardi was another uh, young kid, had a great season in Flint, and then, you know, ended up going to GR and playing a couple of games at the end of the year. You know, it's funny talking, talking to Amadeus. I'm like, well, what'd you, you know, he only played a couple of games at the end of the season, but, you know, it was great, great learning uh, lesson for him. You know, he goes, he goes, you know, Dan, I get to the face-off circle, and, I, and I, I'm bearing down as hard as I can. I go to snap it back, and I don't even move this guy's stick. And I started laughing. I said, well, I guess we're going to be getting in the gym all summer, aren't we? So, you know, those types of, you know, stories and, and things like that, it, these are things that, you know, just lessons that these kids learn, you know, like when you start turning pro, you know, it's it's for keeps now. Um, and and the, these guys are, a lot of them are, are men, strong men with families, and, 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 you know, they want to keep their jobs. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, – and, and and I'm glad I I'm I always like talking to you because you and I know we've talked about this in the past have your own interesting story being drafted by the Blackhawks in the first round and really having an okay career if I can say that until you came to Detroit where everything kind of came together for you uh, and you you were you know obviously and I'm just not saying this because I'm a lifelong Red Wing fan and I know you. But you were a tremendous asset and a tremendous addition to the Detroit Red Wings. I think everybody knows that. But your story, how well can you relate to a player, a prospect who is, might be going through high times, low times, middle times, based on what you had to go through to carve out the career you did in the NHL? Well, you know, I always tell these young players, you know, uh, you know whether you're a first-round pick or – you know, you're undrafted or we sign a free agent at a junior or out of Europe. You know, I've really, I've really, um, you know, kind of experienced it all, I guess you could say. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I, I try to let them know, like, whether they believe me or not, uh, you know, I have to sometimes give them a small refresher. You know, I was a first-round pick and, you know, played in the NHL at 18 years old. Um, you know, obviously had a lot of uh, adversity for me. Uh, you know, and I just tell them, I'm like, well, in terms of, like, you know, uh, skilled player and offensive player, you know, uh, I was that, um, you know, especially when I was younger. Um, just the experiences I had, uh, just to kind of just tell them, like, you know, 
no sense you guys trying to lie to me. Um, I've heard it all. I've seen it all. I've been there, done that. So I really, I really start out, you know, right away with them, building that relationship with them and just let them know that you're not going to be able to pull the wool over my eyes. So, you know, uh, I'm going to be able to see through it. But these, these kids that I've been working with for the last six years have been, have been great, to be honest. Uh, these kids, uh, you know, some want it more than others, you know, uh, some learn to want it more. Um, so you, you see, you see that whole trajectory, that whole path of all these different young players, and 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 see which way they go. But you really tell right away, uh, you know, which kids are are really into it, and which kids need a little bit of push. Um, but yeah, my, you know, obviously when I got to Detroit, you know, in 2005, um, you know, I came here on a tryout. So, uh, you know, I just for me as as a player, you, you know, going look at when I look back. I just look back at a immature kind of uh, naive, uh, you know, 16, 17, 18 year old kid that thought, you know, didn't realize how much hard work it took and how hard the everyday NHL player worked. And then once I saw it and was like, you know, I need to get going here. And then that's where it turned for me. And that's what I keep telling these guys, you know, you can be as talented as you want, but you have to put the work in. And you know, there's just no substitute. There's no other answer. That's just, that's the bottom line. You have to work, you have to want it, and it's an everyday thing. Well, I, I would imagine coming from someone as accomplished as you, I could go down a litany. I mean, there's so many ex-NHL uh, players uh, uh, working in the Red Wing organization. I mean, heck, all the way down from Steve, Sean Horkoff, Chris Draper, uh, Malpe, when Darren's hanging around the offices. You know, I mean, there there is a, of course, how could I forget Nick? I mean, there's a core of you guys that are living proof of what can happen if you apply and, there's hard, and hard work is done. I mean, you're all... It's very impressive. I mean, it's a it's a who's who of hockey is in that Red Wing front office. There's no doubt. I mean, I think it's one of the great things that you know that Ken kind of started. You know, uh, bringing in bringing in ex guys that want to be a part of it, and then you know, obviously with Steve, you know, I had a you know such a it was amazing to play with Steve, get to know Steve, and then when he just you know came came back. Um, yeah, we got a we got a great staff. You know, uh, the commodity is great. You know, it's uh, you know obviously I, I see Drapes every day, see Hork every day. You know, uh, talk to talk to Freddie all the time. Um, obviously, I, I, for me, I deal a lot with Croner. So me and Croner play together quite a bit. Um, you know, he's he's been a great asset for us over in Europe, and obviously Nick Lidstrom. I mean, what else needs to be said? You know, just having these guys that you can kind of just talk to, and you know. And, you know, these guys all go to games, watch our prospects, watch other draft eligibles. It's, it's one big collaborative effort that, at the end of the day, you know, we love the Red, red Wings. We love uh, the Red and White. And, you know, there'd be nothing more satisfying than seeing this team get back to where, I guess you can say, all of us kind of played at, you know. Uh, you know, obviously, Drapes and Stevie and Maltz and, and Nick, you know, really had a tremendous long run and then you know I guess you can say me and Croner you know kind of had that you know 12 13 year run but you know always uh, made the playoffs a lot we won here um, so I guess everybody has has contributions and different you know things that they can bring and add but it's certainly awesome awesome to have around you know we're all going to go to Nashville here in, in about uh, a week and get together and get ready for the for this big draft here in 2023 so super exciting Right, and uh, for all you uh, Red and White uh, Authority podcast fans, and I know there's zillions of you, uh, uh, we will be doing a uh, draft preview with Craig Button, our annual uh, draft preview with Craig Button next week. But this one we're going to hang in on prospects, and uh, I, I promise we will get to the uh, current uh, pool of prospects quick here with Dan. But I wanted to ask you something. A very prominent player in the NHL, uh, who's no longer playing but is one of the immortals, told me many years ago that if you don't have a love or passion for the game, you're going to wash yourself out of the league in a matter of years. Your talent can only take you so far. And what I'm curious about is, is that the men that we just described and you just talked about, all of you had a passion for the game, a love of hockey. And... How difficult is that when you're assessing a prospect or you go to a game and you look down on the ice? 
is that something that's tangible that you can see or is that something that I don't think you ever acquire it over time I think either you have it or you don't but can you tell right away whether this guy has that extra oomph for uh, for the game you know um, yes and no um, sometimes you can tell it the minute they're drafted when I first met Maurice Sider this kid never a smile never left his face. I don't know if you remember in Vancouver, you know. Oh, yeah, I do. You know, and I remember sitting up in the suite with him and his family, and, like, he just wouldn't, he wouldn't shut up, wouldn't stop smiling. He was so excited, he just couldn't believe it. And you can tell this guy just, he's so excited just to, you know, get to that next step. And, and you know, two years later, you know, he's uh, making a real strong impact uh, for the Red Wings. And, and today he still is, is, an, is an awesome kid, you know. So, that sticks out to me, you know, another kid, you know, uh, Marco Casper, you know, this, this guy, you know, you can just tell right away, you know, how driven he is, uh, how humble he is, how hardworking he is. So these different kids, um, you know, you can tell right away. And some other kids are a little more reserved, a little more quiet. Sometimes it, it just takes a little, little bit longer to build that relationship and, and, and to really see, really see what this, you know, what this kid's about, you know, I'm guessing, it takes time for the kid to trust me, to trust you know the Red Wings or get to know us. And, but eventually, eventually you can tell. Um, and you know certainly there are there are, there have been some players that need a little extra, need a little extra push, need a little extra motivation maybe, or or sometimes a hard talk. You know, um, so that happens. But at the end of the day, uh, for me, um, you know it, it just takes time to realize to see if he really wants it and sometimes it's you see it when it comes through adversity you know yeah right. you know when they're struggling or things aren't going their way how do they get through it and that's what I look for the most right and I, I mean in everybody regardless of the uh, the path you choose in life you're always going to face adversity and I I think in a nutshell that's uh, that's exactly what it's all about how you individually react to what you're going through says a lot about you and will deem whether you will it will turn out as well as you hope it does I guess is the best way to put it I don't want to get all philosophical here uh, Dan before we uh, I, I start just rifling off a bunch of players names to you and asking you where you, you think they're at at this point in their uh, in their young uh, uh, hockey careers um, I know I saw I saw you in Toledo mm -hmm. uh, during the playoff run I was uh, uh, you know, Mr. Walleye there for a while, going down to every game, which is a great environment, the Huntington Center. And uh, I would be remiss if I did not ask you, Dan Watson, who was the coach of the Toledo Walleye, uh, you know, had Sebastian Cosa for the whole year. Uh, I, I, and, you know, he was hired yesterday by the Grand Rapids Griffins. Uh, how well, I've known Dan a long, long time. He has been on this podcast more than you, uh, uh, Mr. Cleary, uh, but I, I, I'm kind of curious, uh, how well do you know him? And uh, I, I am sure that, you know, you probably are uh, uh, okay with this hire, shall I say? Well, I know I know Waddy, and I've always really liked Waddy. Um, so, you know, when we would, you know, uh, spend some time in Toledo or be at, you know, Prospects Tournament or Development Camp, you know, I'd always get to hang around with Waddy and talk to him. Um, and he was just a super personable guy, smart, uh, you know, uh, very respectful. Um, and uh, in the, during the interview process, I thought Waddy did a tremendous job. Uh, really, you know, I really liked what he had to say. It was, it was super great to get to know him a little bit more. And I think it's a great hire for Grand Rapids. I think uh, that Waddy's going to do a great job. I think he's got a great staff there. Um, and I think he's done a great job in Toledo. He really has, you know, just talking to a bunch of ex-players or current players, they, they've all... One thing to say about Wadi is, you know, you know where you stand. And I think that's a super important um, uh, quality for a coach to have. Um, yeah, there's nothing else really to be said except for, you know, Wadi's a good person. Deep down, I, you know, you can see that. He treats people with a lot of respect. He's He knows the game. He uh, works hard. And I think he's going to be a great asset. Well, I, I couldn't agree with you more, and I will say this. Just based on what uh, what Dan just said, I, I know I've tweeted it out. People have asked me. I've said essentially the same thing. But also, when you hear the players that play for him, what they have to say, including Sebastian Cosa, who I know 
you know, Toledo fans are, that's their guy, and rightly so. Uh, but you know, they all just rave about what it is to play for him. And when you're still in, I know the AHL is a little bit more, still a bit of a development league, but it's a professional league, probably the second best in the entire world. But to have a player, a, a, a player's coach, I guess, for lack of a better term, that's pretty important. And certainly that is uh, Dan Watson for sure. Yep, exactly. You know, I think, yeah. you know, t- look, looking at, you know, the way the game has gone, the way the athlete and the personalities of a young player today, you know, I think it's important to have that balance of, you know, hardness, player's coach, you know, throw an arm around his shoulder. Um, you know, there's a, there's a unique balance that you need to have, um, and I think Waddy has that. Yeah, he certainly does. So I'm really looking forward to, uh, uh, to seeing Dan behind the, uh, uh, the Griffins bench because uh, – uh, his uh, really his record in Toledo was phenomenal, just phenomenal. So, with that said, let's let let's turn our, our 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 thing to the prospects. I know you mentioned a couple of guys that I think, in a way, which is great for the Red Wings because their development and they were able to make the league in relatively quick time. That would be Mo Sider and Lucas Raymond. Uh, but Dan, I, I I want maybe you to help me put the brakes on a little bit. I'm not saying that there isn't young guys like a Marco Casper or or obviously a Simon Edvinson who could you know have the same trajectory as those guys. But how difficult is that when you get young guys like that who seem to make that quote unquote seamless transition to the NHL? Well, it's not difficult at all. I think it's you know we're really lucky to be able to draft such good players. Um, you know, you look at, you know, Maurice Sider and his development path, you know, we draft him, you know, we put him in Grand Rapids. And, you know, if you don't think that he didn't have some first-year uh, little struggles, which he did, uh, I'll never forget his first game in Chicago. You know, he goes to move the puck behind the net, and the guy absolutely runs him. And I remember after the game, I said, Mo, I said, you know, you know, don't admire your passes. You know, when you move the puck, you know, be ready, because they're going to finish checks here. And let me tell you, I mean, I know you've seen it up close and personal, but right. he's not afraid to reverse hit. And I don't think anyone wants to take a run at Maurice Sider anymore three years later. Um, and then with Ray, Ray was a really mature pros- prospect. I remember, you know, he was just really mature. He, I remember watching right. him for London, you know. Um, and, you know, for London's an always an older team, and I'd be doing video with Ray, me and Kroner, and, you know, we'd be going through systems. I'd be like, you know, Ray, I mean, you know, I don't know if you remember, um, uh, what's his name, played for Detroit. He played him for Lunda, not uh, not Morazic. Um, oh. Anyways, he played with Ray in Forlunda, and he was a Red Wing, and I know him. I, I'm just, his name is slipping me right now. But I'd be okay. like, I'd be like, you know, what's he doing on this play? He's like, yeah. So he was, he was just super mature, and was I a little surprised, you know, him come over and have the first year he did? Um, a little bit, I would say. You know, it's not like he tore up for Lunda, but I think with his maturity and his ability to shoot um, and his hockey sense, uh, that's what allowed Ray to, to step in and have such a good impact. And, you know, he's a, he's a humble, hardworking kid, you know. Yeah, these are, these are great to have, and we, we, we've got some more too, so which is exciting. Yes, it is. All right, and, and speaking of it, so let's get right into it. I guess uh, probably at the top of the list, usually I go through defensive prospects and then forwards and then a couple of goaltenders. But I, because it's you, Dan, and uh, you know you're very uh, you're very quick and in uh, 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 kind of snappy with your answers. I'm just going to just throw out names in in no particular order here, mm-hmm. and uh, and the way I throw them out does not mean that has anything to do with when they will eventually become Red Wings. All right, let's go first. Obviously, I have to ask you about Simon Edmondson. Came in for uh, 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 nine games, was hurt, is now. Uh, I don't know if you can update us on where his rehab starts, but I know everyone's ho- holding their breath, hoping that he would be ready for training camp. But uh, but the transition of Simon, how did you think his first year in North America went? I think, I think his first year went as expected. Um, I think... You know, he's, a, he's obviously a talented uh, young player. You know, he's got great size. He's got great tools. You know, we got to keep remembering, you know, the kid's 18, 19 years old. Um, you know, just needs to, to figure out, you know, his game and keeping it simple. But, 
you know, utilizing his tools, which is his ability to skate and escape and get off the ice and his ability to, you know, to move the puck. Um, and what, when's the right time to do it? So I think, uh, I think Simon's going to be, going to be fine. Uh, his shoulder, in terms of his shoulder, he's going, he's coming in actually Sunday to see, to see the docks and, and, and get a quick checkup. And then he'll be in, in, in about middle of July for the rest of the summer to train and get ready for his second pro season. Uh, obviously, I, I don't even know if he would go to development camp, but uh, he's at a point now where he's just going to start getting back onto the ice. Yeah, he he will he won't be at development camp. No. Okay. All right. That, I, I mean, that's what I figured. Uh, I, I guess. I mean, you touched upon it. The thing that really is extraordinary about him is for a man his size at six six, two hundred and fifteen pounds, and you know he could still be growing uh, for all I know. Uh, that. Uh, his skating is extraordinary, correct? Would you would you agree with that? I mean, I it it's it it really is incredible. Uh, and I don't know if if people realize how fast he's going or how quick he is or how graceful he is. To be really honest with you, because he's so large and he makes these long strides, it doesn't even look like he's moving half the time. Yeah, it does. He's uh, extraordinary would be a strong adjective. I like to think McDavid is extraordinary skater. Um, so right. I, I kind of yeah. leave okay. one, you know, only a couple of guys for that category. But he's an excellent skater. Like, let's be honest, he's an excellent skater. Um, he's a big kid. He covers a lot of ice. He's got his wingspan, his ability to close gaps. I mean, once he once he learns his body, he learns the, the you know um, the 200 by 85 sheet, and he knows you know different areas of the ice to to pivot. He's going to be able to close people off very fast and eliminate players and get that puck and get it moving the other way to the forwards. Um, so that's all just part of, you know, the learning process and just growing, um, you know, and that's what Simon's, Simon's right in the middle of it. He's right in the middle of, of learning, uh, you know, the NHL game, the American League game, and he's got a long ways to go, and, and that's normal. It just takes some time for some players. Right. Uh, a fellow that uh, moving on that made uh... – an immediate impact on Red Wing fans, and I know that uh, I believe he was playing injured, and I don't know if if the Wings knew it right when he started, or he eventually kind of uh, came clean. I know that players have sometimes a habit of uh, because they want it so badly, uh, maybe just saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm feeling great," when maybe they're not. Um, I have a big long Marty Lapointe story that I've told for years, but I we I won't I won't go down that road today. Uh, but uh, uh, Marco Casper uh, really seems to have a dogged determination to be the very best he can be. Uh, he sure does. He's a um, very driven, very dedicated, very humble, very hardworking kid. Um, it was great great to get to know Marco. Um, you know, you say. You know, uh, you know, Marco came over. Yeah, he had he had something lingering, but we knew about it. Um, you know, but mm -hmm. his you know his injury to get when he got hurt was completely different. So, um, just talked to Marco yesterday. He's coming in Sunday. He's super excited, and you know, he's telling me he's like, Dan, you know, I I, I need to get a car, Dan, because I, if I'm going to train in the morning and skate, I need to come back in the afternoon. So I, I said, Marco, <laughs> I said, let's let's just talk to you know talk to the trainers and see what the best protocol is. But that just goes to show you that he just want he just wants to get better. He just wants to get better. Like his you know he's I got no I got no concerns with Marco Casper. Uh, yeah, I to put it in perspective, when he came over last year, and I believe it was for a development camp right after he was drafted, I remember asking him. He said he was going to go back to Sweden, and you know I'm I'm like, well, you know, hey, you've but, you know, North America's right here. Obviously, you know, you're number one pick. You're really well thought of. Uh, why would you go back to Sweden, essentially? And he told me because he wanted to graduate from high school. And he, and he did. <laughs> right. I know he did. But, you know, I mean, then I, I'm taking a step back like, hey, you idiot. I mean, these are these are very young men you're talking to. Yeah. You know, you're and, you, you know, it kind of puts me back with, oh, my God. Yeah, well, yeah, for... By all means, please graduate from high school. If that's what you want to do, you know. But I, I just—it was kind of a reality check for me when I asked him that. Uh, with that said, though, uh, uh, Dan Casper uh, appears to be, uh, you know, a position that is in great need, and you're very well aware of the center position and how important it is on a hockey club. Uh, but. Uh, uh, Based on the audition that we saw 
last year, do you think? And God, I hate to put you in this position, but if you know if he's rehabbing, everything's fine. He has a pretty legitimate shot at maybe making the club out of camp, don't you think? Um. Well, you know, I, you know, I always, I always say, you know, the player will dictate, um, you know, but I, that's a big, that's a big ask, you know. Uh, I think, I think, um, you know, getting a little small taste of it last year. You know, he's played a couple of years pro over in, in Sweden in Rogla, which is a great, a great, a great system, a great team. It's a, it's a really good league. Um, you know, he had a big responsibility there this year. Um, so, does he have a chance to make the team at a training camp? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Of course, he's got a chance. I, I think all these kids got a chance. Now, um, you know. Would he, would he be better suited to maybe, uh, you know, be in Grand Rapids and, 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 and find his game and get it going? Or is his game ready to go right out of the gate in September? You know, I guess time will tell, and we'll see. We'll just, we're just going to sit there and watch, and, and he's going to show us. All right, well, good, good. Uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing Marco. All right, let's go. Uh, next prospect I want to ask you about whom uh, I've said this to anybody who will listen to me and. That's usually not very many people, but uh, uh, when I saw Sebastian Cosa in the playoffs, and I, I went to the Cincinnati and Idaho series, uh, the games that were in Toledo, uh, he looked completely different as a player. He looked so much, for lack of a better term, better than he did in September when I saw him. And you know, I I, I have a nickname for him, Dan uh, uh, Sebastian Cosa. I call him the Doctor. And, you know, and, and I would periodically text the doctor throughout the season and check in and see how he was doing. And uh, he looked completely different, completely different. I'm sure that uh, Dan Watson and his staff and obviously Phil O'Sare all had a lot of things to do with that. But it looks like Sebastian is really taking strides to be the very best he can be. Yeah, I think Coase, well, hold on, Art. Why do you call him the doctor? Well, you know what? It's it, you know we, we both talked about that. I want you know because his brother calls him sea bass, and I guess he has sea bass all over. And I told him I didn't like it, mm-hmm. and and this was during a podcast. And I the, the day he was drafted by the Red Wings, I had a you know I had the pleasure of interviewing him and uh you know Todd Beam and Alex, uh, all the guys in PR said you can talk to him for ten minutes at the most. And we ended up talking for 35. Mm-hmm. And because he's, as you know, he's a very engaging young man, does not lack confidence, which I absolutely love. And so I was asking him, you know, I said, you know, hey, you're a smart guy. Are you thinking about going back to school and college and, you know, having a life outside of hockey? And uh, he said, well, you know, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm really focused in on being in <laughs> being a goaltender for the Red Wings right now. I said, no, I understand that. Make a long story short. I said, well, I can see you getting your doctorate degree in whatever you want. Mm. You know, you'll be a doctor, Dr. Kosa. And that's how I started calling him the doctor, which now is kind of our thing. Mm. I, I, I think when I ask him questions and I don't refer to him as the doctor, he says, you're not going to call me the doctor. So, you know, you know how it is, Dan. You know how you build up relationships with players and, you know, have uh, ha- have things. That's why I call him the doctor. Well, you know? And, you know, I, I, the doctor saves. You know what I mean? He saves. Oh. That's what a doctor does. They save. And that's what he does, too. Hmm. Remind me not to make sure you're giving out nicknames to anyone else. Let's keep you off the nicknames. <laughs> oh my God. You know what? I have one for Ben Sherratt, too. What is it? I call him Crusher. Well, okay, yeah, I will. Yeah, well, because yeah. because he's, he, he's about the only one of you guys that I've ever met that is a, a CFL fan because his family played there. I believe his grandfather and his uncle, or perhaps his father, too, uh, played in the CFL, and I love the CFL. I love it. And, you know, I, I just read something yesterday that Windsor might uh, might actually get a team. Which would be great because there would be a lot of Americans flocking over to Windsor to see the uh, to see them. But I'm a big Argos fan. I love the Toronto Argonauts. So, okay. uh, but you know, but that's why I call him Crusher. I said, you know, that's kind of a football term, really, a nickname for a football player. But I go, but since you know, but you play like a linebacker. I told him, and you know, so yeah, I call him Crusher. He, and he he allows me to, you okay. know, before I ever start calling a player by a nickname, and I don't do it very often, you know, like. Yeah, you know, I always called you Dan, yeah. you know, or Danny, 
or Daniel, whichever name yeah. you wanted to go by that day. Yeah. And, and, you know, Steve was always Steve, Marty. I like calling people most of the time by their first names. But there are some. But the doctor is definitely one of them. The, mm. the, the doctor. I don't know. I, 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 I kind of like stick, it, Darren. I don't know if it's going to stick. Okay? <laughs> you know what? It's. I know it's not. I already told him it's not catching on. No. And he says, that's okay. That's between me and you. Right. But getting back to Kosa as a player, yeah. obviously he is... He's really, in my book, he's taken strides. And I, I know Max Boltman from The Athletic. I told him, and then he started to come down during the Idaho series with Toledo. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he, you, you can see it. It's very, very tangible. He is a much better goaltender than he was. In, not that he was bad, than he was at the start of last season, shall we say. Well, I mean, you know, it, that's that's – that's why you hope is the natural progression of, you know, it's like any player, you know, if you're not better after September, then, you know, we're doing something wrong. So he's certainly taken uh, huge strides, which is great for Coase. You know what the thing is, he put in the work, he went down with a great attitude and, and they, you know, they started out of the gate, they struggled a little bit as a team and they went, you know, they found their stride and they, and they had a really great run. Um, well, you know, you got to, you know, Phil O'Sara did a tremendous job with, with Coase, you know, working with him every day. And obviously Wadi too, you know, they implemented a game plan. They had two really good goalies there. They rotated pretty much every game. Um, they had a great relationship with everybody. Um, and, yeah, you know, credit to Coase. You know, he, he, he put the work in, and and he wanted it, and he, and he, and he went. And, and he played. He had a good season. He had a really good season. And, you know, but the thing, the thing that's, you know, these kids got to learn is that's last year. You know, we're on to a new season now. It's, you know, there's no resting on your laurels, no resting on a good season. you got to keep wanting, wanting, wanting more. got to keep getting better. You know, you can never get good enough. And these goalies, we got to keep remembering, you know, Coase is a young goalie. And, you know, it takes time. It takes time for every position. But I feel goaltending, um, you got to be patient. And um, everyone's really uh, happy with, with Coase's year. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. You know, we'll see. I'm going to see Coase in about uh, a week. And um, we'll get going. He's got a big summer, and he's ready to go. Right, I know he is, and you know, I I know that you know talking to him, you know, he obviously looks at it. Next progression for him would be to go to uh, uh, to Grand Rapids next year, uh, establishes himself at the AHL level, and then uh, you know, hopefully, and you know, I have a tendency to you know get way too enthusiastic at times. Uh, but, you know, maybe make a little bit of a run two years from now or a year from now we're talking about maybe COSA uh, might, uh, might, be, might be a Red Wing. But uh, with that said, uh, you know, uh, you know and we, I guess we should talk about Lethemann too, Jonathan Lethemann, who was his goaltending partner. You know, Dan rotated them every other game in the playoffs and all that. He was the ECHL goalie of the year. I would imagine, I know he's a little bit older, like 26, 27, but goalies come at different times like left-handed pitchers. Uh, uh, is, you know, Lethemann a pleasant surprise for you, what he was able to do and how he really has been a bit of a mentor for Kosa? I thought Lath had a great season. I think the one thing you got to credit, the first thing I think of when I think of Lath is, you know, his his mental um, his mental mind, his mental strength, his ability. You know, he battled through adversity right away. You know, he had those blood clots, and, you know, he was, right. I mean, God knows what he was thinking mentally. Is my career over? Am I ever going to be able to put pads on again? And, and credit to him, you know, he, he, uh, he got through it. And he, when, when he did get in the net, he played terrific. And, you know, it was, they had a great relationship down there. Like you said, they went, they rotated. I mean, I think those guys might have went on an 18 uh, run, like unbeaten streak. Right, right. They, yeah, like, they you know, Dan, again, this is a testament to Dan Watson. For whatever reason, it wasn't working at Toledo. They were right around 500 or something, which by mm -hmm. their standards is not good. Mm -hmm. And he kind of, I don't know, blew up his roster, but made some significant changes. And then they went on to win 18 straight games. Yeah. Yeah, it was impressive. And, you know, they had it, was. A, you know, even in the playoffs, you know, they rotated up. I, mean, I don't know if I've ever seen it before, but it certainly worked. I mean, obviously, they, they ran into a really strong team in, in, in Idaho. Um, but, yeah, credit credit to, to Leth, uh, battling and mentally getting through that. It couldn't have been easy. Um, and, obviously, you know, he is a little bit older than Coase, uh, but they had a great relationship, and which is which is very important. It's always important to have a good a good tandem that, you know, respects each other and gets along with each other. 
Right. It's a it's a friendly competition, uh, mm-hmm. but it's still a competition, certainly. But right that but they're. You know, the thing that's unique about goaltending is is that there's only two guys on the team for the most part, uh, mm-hmm. and you know even though they're in competition with each other, they're about the only other the only other guy that understands maybe what he's going through is the other goaltender. So uh, uh, so you have to kind of lean on your teammate there. Uh, uh, I, I want to uh, move forward and ask you about another guy that Red Wing fans are really really excited about, and that of course is. Uh, uh, Carter Mazur, uh, we touched upon him earlier at the University of Denver, uh, and he uh, uh, made a transition to the AHL once Denver's season was over last year, and it was impressive. I mean, I guess, and then in the uh, in the World Championships also, very, very impressive. Yep, because he's an impressive player. He's, uh, you know, he's, he's an old school. Um, he's competitive. Uh, he's got good skills. He's a he's a nice. His skating has improved. He's worked on his skating. Um, the next step for him is just growing into that frame, getting stronger. You know, he already is strong on his skates. He's just a little bit light, um, but he's a he's a character. Uh, he's a gamer. Um, I got I got high expectations for Mays. I really like Mays. Um, always, always enjoyed talking to him. You know, he's a, he's a Michigan kid from Jackson. He, right. you know, his family is very. He's very big into his family. You know, uh, he had a, he had a great uh, progression. Uh, you know, in terms of his his season. You know, he had a he had a he had a strong start in Denver. Cooled a little bit. He wanted more. Uh, he, he shoots the puck well. Uh, they kind of. You know, they had a nice team there this year. Um, they obviously didn't win it like they did last year. And then he got a chance to go to Grand Rapids, and he, and he came in and played very well. And then, obviously, the bonus with going to the Worlds, what a great experience for him at a young age and to experience that. Um, you know, we just talked to him yesterday, you know, going over and playing against Latvia, you know, sold-out crowd. And obviously, you know, didn't turn out for the U.S. favor, but, you know, he played well. And, and kudos to him. You know, he's excited to get going for the summer. He's ready to go. He, he wants it. Right, there's no question. I mean, unlike the U18 team, I mean, Team USA seems to always do well in the uh, uh, U18s or, or the World Champion, World Juniors. But something about the World Championships and the Olympics. I mean, they come out like gangbusters. This team was undefeated. What mm-hmm. they were like eight and zero, and then they got into the uh, into the single elimination round. And for whatever reason, it just didn't happen for them. Although that team was stacked. Team USA was pretty impressive, and Canada, obviously, you know, uh, you know, Steve's like the associate general manager of that team. Them winning gold, I mean, that's just great hockey. I mean, you know, unfortunately, you'd like to see the Red Wings in the playoffs, but watching, you know, Red Wings play for their various teams uh, throughout the world in the World Championships is pretty cool, and that U18 gives you a pretty good idea too of uh, of uh, some of the players that are going to be drafted, as you said, a little over a week from now. But uh, let's continue with. Uh, uh, a player that's very, very intriguing. I know when the Red Wings drafted him, it, you know the scuttlebutt around the, the was, hey, this could be the real diamond in the rough. He was taken uh, 52nd overall uh, in the second round of the two, uh, uh, 2022 de- draft, and that's Dmitry Buchelnikov, uh, a left wing uh, who plays in Russia right now. Uh, Dan, correct me if I'm wrong, but he seems to have all the offensive tools that the Red Wings are looking for. Oh yeah, um, Dima. He, this this wait till you guys uh, get to meet him and talk to him. He's got a great personality. He is um, funny. He um, he always uh, want wants more. You know, he he wanted to come over so bad, but they have training camp starting in, in July, so he wasn't able to come. But um, I'm hoping to get over and watch him play next year. Um, he's a great shooter. He's got real good, uh, real good hands. He's got a real good feel for the offensive zone. You know, it's like any any young player who who is like this. I don't, um, you know, a bit of a dynamo on the power play. He's got an excellent one timer. Um, you know, just needs to clean up clean up the other side of the puck. Uh, work on a little bit of a back check. Work on his wall play, but. You know, again, young player. Um, he's in that in that system over there. You know, they have three different leagues. In, you know, KHL, VHL, MHL. So he kind of bounced around all three. Just couldn't quite, you know, crack that talented team in SCA for the KHL. But um, he's an intriguing uh, young player. Uh, what I, the one thing I like the most about him would be his personality. 
Um, super funny. Kind of, you know, Datsuk was a really dry sense of humor. This right. kid's a lot yeah. more outgoing, a uh, lot more. He, yeah, he's gonna be excited. You'll you'll be really excited to 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 meet him when when he decides to come to North America. Right. You know, I I don't know. You know, I don't want to get into any kind of heavy political talk or situation here, but. Is there just an uncertainty with Russian players? Because the Red Wings don't seem to have any kind of uh, uh, hesitation to draft any Russian player. I know supposedly some teams around the league do, but, I mean, you're looking for the most talented player, and when your number's up, so to speak, and it's time for you to pick a player, if he happens to be Russian, you're just going to take him, right? I mean, am, am, am I overstating that? That's uh, it's out of my purview, Art. I don't, uh, uh, you know, know that's know. a Steve and Drapes uh, deal when it comes to that. All right. Well, you know, you got you got to give me at least a point for trying. Yeah, yeah, you do, you do, you always do, Art. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, another really, really intriguing player. This was a player that uh, uh, I can remember had been over at the USA Arena with uh, uh, with Team Sweden. Uh, during the summer showcase, which is a great event, I, I think it's annual uh, now. Hopefully, uh, uh, and I suggest everybody go there uh, if it is. Uh, team USA usually sends a couple of teams, uh, and Team Canada sends usually a couple of teams when it is in a COVID era. And uh, uh, Finland and Sweden send teams, and it's like a precursor to their World Junior team. So it's really high-end hockey. Who's who in hockey is there? Dan's Dan's there. Uh, you know, everybody is there to watch the summer showcase, but was William Wallander. Mm -hmm. He was also drafted 32nd overall in the 2020 draft. Uh, a guy that uh, has had maybe some ups and downs, but certainly seems to be on the upside. I believe in the SHL playoffs. Uh, he led defensemen, and I don't know if it was scoring or assist or something, but he is really starting to come together. I would imagine that, uh, you know, certainly... Uh, he's ticketed at least for Grand Rapids at this point. Yeah, Williams had a really, you know, uh, interesting kind of path. I remember when we first drafted him and we would we would talk to him and go see him and watch him play. You know, really uh, shy, reserved, um, quite didn't know either A, you know, what it took or B, um, how much work uh, he needed to put in. But Nick Cromwell did a tremendous job in, in working with William. You know, he ended up... Uh, Leaving, leaving Modo and going down the road, which was which was a really big turning point for his career. And and you know we always talk about it here uh, internally, but you know I remember the first time I met William, we would talk to him, go watch him play, and go watch him play last year. It's a completely different person. You know his hair is back. He's more confident. He's, you know he's he's looking you in the eye on the ice. He's running the power plays. He's he's much more assertive. Um, really excited for William. Uh, he'll be here for development camp. He's 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 turning professional. He's excited. Um, yeah, he's 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 you know, a, he's a good player. William's a good player. He's big. He's got good reach. He's got real good smarts at the blue line, offensive line. He's got good timing. You know, when to jump in, he can you know he can shoot it. Um, yeah, another another you know big big left shot defenseman. Right. I know that I think he was the first player taken in the second round. And I remember talking to uh, in his draft year, which was 2020, as I said. And I remember Chris telling me, Chris Draper telling me that, and he was actually pegged to go in the first round. And that to have him come to th at 32nd, it was a no-brainer for the Red Wings to choose. I remember them being very, very up on that and surprised that he was still available. Which, you know, the 32nd pick is nothing to slouch at either. But, boom, you know, there he was. And uh, I'm glad to see that uh, things are starting to round out for him. Because, as you said, he had a very interesting, he's had a very interesting path. Uh, uh, to the Red Wings. Uh, another guy that, uh, you know, I had heard, you know, Scuttlebutt always was that he really um, was right there with Edvinson last year in his development uh, uh, in North America. And that's a, a player that really intrigues me, seems to have a real high offensive upside, and that's Albert Johansson. Mm -hmm. Albert had a really strong first year professional. You know, he's got the benefit of being able to play in Farrystad over in the, uh, in the SHL in Sweden, you know, for a few years, won a championship there uh, two years ago. So, you know, Albert is a competitive kid. He's grown every year since we drafted him. Um, he's, he's, a, he's a good skater. He's good with the puck. But for me, the one thing that sticks out is he's competitive. You know, he's, a, he's in on battles. He's in on the 50-50s. You know, he's got a strong stick. 
Again, you know, I expect him to have another growth summer. You know, just get a little bit stronger. You know, you just want to, you know, you know, it's not easy. You know, you get drafted and you're like, well, he needs to put on 15 pounds. He's got to get stronger. Well, it's you don't just put on 15 pounds and keep it on your frame. The frame needs to grow naturally, and it just takes some time. So he's, you know, he's a few years post, and uh, really expecting him to come in and be a really strong player here at Prospects Tournament or at training camp, go into preseason and, and see what shakes out. But certainly, uh, you know, I, I expect him to be a real good player for us next year. All right. I, I'm going to kind of probably give everybody not the, uh, the the proper time that they deserve because a lot more players and we only have about 13 minutes left with Dan at the very, very most. <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, <laughs> I can tell time. Uh, so I, I, I want to get into uh, another player, Cross Hannes. Uh, obviously, he's a very interesting player, too. Uh, pretty good size, uh, nice playmaker, uh, left wing. Uh, good, good hockey sense, high hockey IQ, which you need to have if you're going to play for the Red Wings. But uh, where's Cross stand right now? Cross is doing great. I love Cross. I mean, I know you've met Cross. Uh, his personality mm -hmm. is infectious. He's such a glue guy. Um, just talked to him yesterday. He's doing good. He's going to be coming on July 9th. His shoulder rehab's going well. He might be ready for prospects. We'll see how that works. Um, but. You know, he had a really, uh, he had a good season last year. Uh, you know, he kind of, you know, he gets hurt and comes back, and it was a bit of a tough adjustment, but he's a smart player. The one thing I like about Cross is you're right, he's got good hockey sense, uh, but the thing is he's competitive. He goes to these areas. He digs on pucks. He's in the corner. He's going to the front of the net. Uh, he's got ability to make a small area play. He's, you know, Cross got it. You know, Cross, uh, for me, you know, obviously his most important thing this summer is, is to get healthy. Uh, and then two, you know, let's let's try to gain a step. That's the one thing we're working on with Cross is his skating and his and his quickness, uh, because he he's got good hands, got good hockey sense, he's got the competitive nature in him. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. Looking for you, definitely. You know, getting healthy number one, and then letting him get out on the ice. Uh, another player that's very very intriguing. I know the Red Wings. I think traded up to get him uh, in 2021, 36th overall. Uh, uh, a, a fellow who also is uh, played at the University of Denver, uh, he seems to have a uh, 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 shy boom. Whom you know again, you know Dan, and you said everybody has his path seems to be kind of peaks and valleys. Or am I overstating that? I wouldn't say you're overstating it. I think he would agree to that as well. You know, his first year, you know, he, he's a top four defenseman on a national championship team. Last year, you know, he's you know, they had another good returning team. Uh, I, you know, he would probably agree that, you know, his season last year wasn't probably as good as his first year. But with Shy, you know, we had a really good sit-down uh, meeting at the end of the year, and he's been putting in the work. He's been, you know, really working on his skating, working on his overall body, his frame. Um, you know, he's a big kid. He's got, you know, he's got, he, you know, he's got good heaviness to him. You know, the thing with Shy is, is all going to come down to his ability to defend and skate and move and pivot, go back for pucks, be good in the neutral zone. Because when he gets the puck, he's got good hockey sense. He's got good hands. He's, he's ability to move it around. Um, so, you know, this is an important summer for Shy. You know, I've stressed it to him uh, quite a bit. Um, I'll see Shy on Sunday. Um, so I look forward to seeing these kids. You know, they're, you know they want to come in. They want to get better and, and work with the skating coaches and the skills coaches. So... Um, yeah, Shy Shy's a, another big left shot defenseman. Right, yeah, he, uh, you know, hopefully, yeah, I, uh, like I said, you know, I kind of maybe taking a path that William Wallander did, only in uh, different parts of the world. Mm -hmm. uh, that uh, you know, ups and downs, and then finally, it kind of, kind of kicks in for him. The uh, another play I need to ask you about, and obviously, when you drafted oh, him, you David. opened up a whole new fandom of uh, classical music fans uh, here in the greater metropolitan Detroit area who might not have been hockey fans because when you drafted Amadeus Lombardi, of course the big Mozart crew here in the greater Detroit area obviously gravitated to that name. Uh, I am curious. People are hoping he's the diamond in the rough. I, Dan, I have it on good authority. People are lighting candles in church because they hope that he can turn into <laughs> Alex Dabrinkit somehow because he has been an offensive dynamo since the Red Wings drafted him. Yeah, Ammo uh, is, is a great kid. I mean, I you know, he, at first I don't think he, 
he, you know, he, he had to get a feel for me, uh, but we, we've got a real strong relationship. He's a, you know, he's, he's a kid that wants it too. Like he had a, you know, we drafted him because I remember watching him in the playoffs uh, two years ago against uh, Windsor. I'm like, man, this kid is kid is good. He's, you know, he's a 200 foot centerman left shot. He's he doesn't cheat. He can skate. I go, he's gonna have a big year. Like he's got offensive tools, and he had a big year in Flint. Uh, probably if he, you know, he's probably top top one or two players in the OHL, no question. He's he's a really strong player. He just skates. He's got good hands. He's got good edges. But the, he's competitive. He's you know he's 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 not very big, but he's not small. Um, his his weight is good, and uh, and I know with his frame he can put on some more. Um, but he's got talent. He's got talent, and he can really skate, and he's competitive. Again, the, I feel like I'm saying the same three, you know, attributes that you know we're talking about, which is, you know, he's just competitive. And he's got skill. And when you combine that with work ethic, with a humble attitude and, and a dogged effort, that's that's an, an NHL player. You know, that's that's what comes out at the end of the day. So uh, I have high hopes for Ammo. I think it's going to be an, um, an important summer. I look forward to seeing him. Uh, I know he's doing all the things he can to get better. Yeah, you know, I, I think, and you know, obviously you are seeing a, a lot of attributes that are the same for each player, but those are the attributes that you need to be an NHL player. I mean, yeah, exactly. That's it. Y- y- yeah. So, I mean, it, it's not that it's, I don't even think you're being redundant. You're just being honest and, you know, and, and it's refreshing. And obviously that's why I've always liked talking to you. A uh, couple of other guys I really want to get to, uh, before because I have a last question that I'm always going to ask you from here on out every time we talk mm-hmm. but uh, I will get to that last question and we're not there yet uh, you know real interesting player is Red Savage who mm-hmm. transferred and is now going to play for Michigan State uh, I know Red Wing fans are excited because he'll just be down the road in East Lansing how's Red's development going good um, I really like Red you know I've known his family for a long time and I know it wasn't easy for him to leave Miami Ohio and he made a decision that he felt was best for him and his and his development path, and and I completely agree. You know, going to Michigan State, you know, with with Knighty there as the coach, you know, we got a great relationship with Knighty, and I think Michigan State took some big strides last year under Knighty and his team there. They did a tremendous job. You know, Red Red is a uh, pros pro. You know, he's he's a good leader. Um, I thought Red had a really really. I thought he played great in the World Juniors when I was out there in Halifax and Moncton. You know, he's, he's skating is getting better. He's a very smart player. Um, he's the type of guy that, you know, when, he, when he's on the ice, the coach, the coach has a lot of trust in him. Um, he's super excited to, to take that next step in his, in his development path. It's going into, you know, his third year now in, in college and, you know, being down the road with his family close by and, and on a good team, uh, I think Red's going to have a nice season. Uh, another uh, player, and uh, unfortunately, like I said, I'm going to just start to race through some players here in our last five minutes. Uh, uh, guy that I really liked, uh, you know, it, it intrigues me at least, is Dylan James, left winger. Mm-hmm. Yep, Dylan James, North Dakota. Um, good old Calgary boy out west. Um, this guy is a rink rat. Like, when I go watch this guy play, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't shut up talking to me about questions. What do you think about this? What do you think about that? Which is amazing, you know, which is it was just everything you like is that engagement, that that player to to me engagement where he's just constantly got questions, constantly. Like he's always willing to learn, wants to learn. He's at the rink all day, doesn't leave the rink, wants to shoot pucks, wants to learn about wall play, wants to learn about entries, wants to, you know. And and he, uh, he had an exact path growth this year in North Dakota, you know, came in as a, you know, as an 18-year-old kid, you know, on a good program there, and and you know, it was he, he had his weekends, right? We're good. Some weekends he struggled. You know, a couple of turnovers. You know, you'd you know, he'd sit some periods, and and as he, as he went along, as the season got further and further ahead, I remember watching the regional finals. I mean, he's out there in the last minute killing penalties. He's out there in the last minute, you know, down a goal, and and he really played well. I remember going into. Um, Omaha, you know, they lose the first game, they come back and win games two and three, they move on. Like, and he had a big impact on that. So that that trajectory, that path that he went on for his seasons, it's it's great for him. Great learning experience. You know, going into his second year now next year, he needs to be a guy to take a step. I know Brad Berry's really counting on him to take a take a bigger step in that in that program. So and he wants it. He's just gotta go and do it. All right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, you know, at the end of the day, as we've, as we've said, it, it comes down to 
you know, the player uh, dictates their timeline. Uh, you know, I have to ask you, Emil Vero, I saw him down in, uh, uh, in Toledo play. Uh, you know, obviously he has been a uh, much-talked-about prospect the last couple of years. How is he doing? Emil's doing good. Vero's a tremendous person. He's a tremendous uh, teammate. He's always got a smile on his face. Um, what I like about Emil is, you know, he's a, he plays a steady game. Um, he's he's competitive. He's smart. Um, gets the puck, moves it, skates well, can defend well. You know, yeah, I think it was great for these kids to go down and play in Toledo and go on that kind of run. You know, when hockey hockey ending, you know, uh, in the middle of the first ten days of April. You know, you want to be still playing. Right. It was great for these kids. Right. Some of them go to you know world championships. These other guys went down to Toledo, so um, it was a great experience for him. Uh, he's going to come. He's going to come to training camp. Uh, it's going to be his second year in North America. So, you know, it's like anything. You know, you, you learn from last year. You get bigger. You get stronger. You get better. You get more smarter on the ice. Um, I see him taking another step as well. Uh, I, you know, I'm now I'm gonna get real, real quick here, but I, I, I need to ask you about uh, uh, Elmer Soderblom, mm -hmm. uh, who uh, I, I know, or Soderblom, uh, you know, came on and then went back down. Where's, where, where's Elmer's development? Because he's certainly, for a man his size, to have that hand-eye coordination and the hands he has around the net is, I'm gonna say that, even though I know I should only leave it for players like Connor McDavid, but seems extraordinary. <laughs> well, because, you know, th that I can agree with. Being 6'8 and having good hands down around the bottom of the circles, which Elmer has shown for a number of years now. Um, you know, I think uh, Elmer's feeling good. You know, he kind of uh, got a little bit banged up at the end of the year. Um, just making sure, you know, making sure he's feeling healthy and good. He's, you know, one thing I don't worry about with Elmer is his, his fitness. He's always in great shape. He he'll come in ready to go. Um you know, I think the one thing that, you know, I always stress with Elmer is, you know, um, with your size and frame, you can be an absolute, you know, you know, beast down below the, the hash marks protecting the puck, taking pucks to the net, being someone that defenders really have a hard time defending. You know, but these young players need to realize what they have, utilize their tools, but do it consistently. You know, you got to bring in practice every day. It's an everyday deal. It can't be, you know, you can't just bring it on a Monday and don't switch it back on until two Mondays from now. You know, right. and that just takes time for these young players to figure out. And some do it sooner than others. Some, you know, figure it out a little bit later. And, you know, sadly, some don't figure it out, you know. Um, so that's what we're trying to really instill in, in Elmer because, he, you know, he's got – He's, he's a good person, he's a good teammate, he's a good player, he's big, he's strong, he's so strong, it's crazy. And he can shoot it. And, you know, instilling him, like Elmer, get the feet going, let's be engaged, let's protect that puck down low, use your frame to defend off, you know, uh, defenders. And and I think, uh, you know, Elmer just, uh, you know, he's, you know, I think he'll have a, a good season next year. I really do. All right, finally, I know the phone's ringing. Yeah. I know you have an 11 o'clock, but I wanted to say very, very quickly, still, Martin Furk, Marty Furk, the hardest shot you've ever seen. Yes, no question. It, it, that's never going to change. No, I've never seen anyone shoot the puck harder. And and I don't know if people believe me. I, I've, I had someone tell me, you know, uh, you know uh, someone mentioned it to me, and they're like, oh, he's got the hardest shot I've ever seen. I'm like, well, no, Marty Furk does. Like, like you don't <laughs> understand. Like, Marty Furk can score. I told you, from the blue line, standing still, and the puck is, he's not moving, he can beat a goalie. I've seen it. Wow. Right, well, I remember when you first told me that, it was in Pittsburgh before a preseason game. Mm -hmm. we, we were doing a, uh, I thought you were joking no. with me. You know, I thought you were just, you know, I mean, nothing against Marty Furk. I mean, I just, that never would have crossed my mind. Then I talked to him, and he said, do you know how much, how many panes of glass in his hometown Mm -hmm. They won't let him practice in that rink because his shot keeps breaking glass. Yeah, like, and, like for the average player that plays beer league, I, I get it. Like, you know, but for in the NHL, there's a lot of guys who can shoot the puck great. But in terms of like just talking about taking a slap shot, uh, one time or things like that, he's he, it absolutely like he's got an absolute bomb. Like, uh, I think it got tested in the American League All Star game. Am I wrong? Like, didn't he, like. I don't know what yeah, he. Yeah, you. Right, I'm not sure he was with the Red Wing organization. No, he wasn't. I think he was with Ontario, and yeah. and I just remember seeing it, and I was like, whatever it was, 105 or 108. I'm like, I'm not surprised. 
because that's what it is. Right. It's an absolute rocket. But the, what, the most impressive thing for me is he can shoot from the blue line on a standstill slapper and beat a goalie straight, no screen. Like, that's not – you can't do that. No, no. I, I mean, I remember seeing him, I think, this year in the playoffs or playing for the Kings, I believe it was. And, uh, you know, he's – you know, he's bouncing around yeah. uh, between the, the AHL and the NHL, but still, they were amazed at his shot this year. I think it was <laughs> this year from the blue line where he just rifled the puck yeah. on the power play, yeah. and the goalie was making a move after the puck was bouncing out of the net. Yep. So and the, you know, the, the piggyback on that, Marty's a terrific person. Like, yes, I love Marty. He's an awesome guy. I'm so happy that he fulfilled his dream, got to the NHL. I remember, I remember telling him. He made the Red Wings at a at a camp, uh, and only because I had that experience with him in Grand Rapids, and I knew how much he worked in the gym and got ready. And you know those type of moments were awesome. So I'll, I'll always remember that. Right, certainly. Yeah. Oh, and I one final thing, our social media director. I know you know him, Andrew Bossman, Kristoff, big fan of yours. He wanted me to say on this podcast, hello to you. Tell so him I did. I said double hello back. All right, I will. Dan Clary, Director of Player Development for the Detroit Red Wing. It's always a pleasure. You know, you know, I, I say this about everybody, but it's true, uh, I, I guess, about everybody. But you're one of my favorites. I always appreciate your time. You always take time out. And uh, thank you very, very much for joining us on the Red and White Authority. Appreciate it, Dan. Art, my pleasure. You're the man, Art.